0: Welcome to the Voyage LA Podcast, where we interview some of the brightest and most interesting entrepreneurs, artists, and creatives from in and around the Los Angeles area, and ask them about their lives, careers, and the values and principles that drive them.
1: Hi, everyone. My name is Madison. I am so excited to be back with another episode of our podcast. Today we're back in Los Angeles talking more about the Melrose Trading Post, this is our second episode, our second set of interviews um, with some extremely talented musicians who perform every Sunday it sounds like and I am so excited to just dive right in and learn a little bit more about each of you and your music background, so let's get started with some introductions.
0: All right, I'll go first.
1: Yeah, go for it.
0: (laughs) Michael Paik, and um, I'm originally from DC, the DMV, Northern Virginia, to be more specific. Um, and yeah, I'm a guitarist, producer, songwriter, um, and also a music teacher as well. Um, and yeah, I think that's
2: the right amount to share for now. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Perfect.
2: Cool. Okay, I can go ahead. Um, this is Megan Uko. I would say that I'm a Texan, I'm from Texas, but I've been living out in DC for like probably more than Texas. But since after college, I just continued to stay there in the area. That's when I got my start with music. Um, Just was able to go out and play at cafes and other farmer's markets like I do at Melrose Trading Place. And I've been out in um, LA for about a year and just been able to play at Melrose Trading Place as a singer, guitarist, i also um, do my own music as well as i write and uh, put out a project and i'm hoping to put out another one soon
1: amazing
3: um i'm christy Lau. Um, i'm originally a singer songwriter um but i i play guitar and i sing and i i've been studying gypsy jazz for a few years and that's what really got me in the music scene the past few years
1: amazing well thank you thank you all so much for being here today i am so excited to learn a little bit more about each of you and just your unique roles uh, within this amazing program that Los Angeles offers. But let's get started. My first question is, how did you each get your start in the music and media industry? How did you break into this environment?
2: For me, I remember starting out, just let me just go do an open mic. So that was my kind of start. So I wanted just okay. to be around other musicians. So I just got out there and then from there, I was able to meet other musicians that were Um, performing regularly so i was able to i think one artist yeah i was able to be a guitarist for her she wanted to put together a band so i was just starting out as a guitarist for this one local artist in dc and then from there um just found other opportunities and started doing my own thing either with bands or solo
3: amazing um i I started off um, with open mics too um just looking at for an outlet to express myself while i was studying um radiology and um and yeah i just met the right people at the right time and uh discovered like i said gypsy jazz and so i got to play with some people and kind of just learn be in the background just listening and learning from them and then eventually i kind of got my hands dirty or my feet wet and uh (laughs) and yeah uh learned a lot about it. And I started my own band called She Sing, She Swings. And we have traveled around the world um, for like a few years.
1: That's incredible. So for our listeners who aren't familiar with Gypsy Jazz, can you give us a little overview of what exactly that genre entails?
3: Sure. Um, well, original. so people's um, Originally, well, it started off with Django Reinhardt. There might have been some other guitar players before him, but as far as we know of of recordings, um, Django Reinhardt, he's a a guitarist from France. He's a gypsy and, um, you know, he um, is a Romani. And so he played a lot of like Middle Eastern influence type music with Mm -hmm. uh, a combination of. Um, like classical style music and around the early 1900s um, he had discovered jazz music American jazz music um, it got to his to France and um, and it uh, really inspired him and so he tried implementing that style into his playing and so when you hear gypsy jazz it's kind of a combination of all sorts of music from around the world because they weren't you know they were um nomads or they just traveled oh, yeah. around because you know they weren't really welcomed in a lot of places. So you kind of hear the influence of different styles of music there. And yeah. um, it could be very like Latin influence. Um yeah, there's all sorts of things. I don't know. No, um, that's but...
1: that's that's super interesting. Thank you for sharing. I, I appreciate yeah. that. How about you, Michael? I'd love to hear more about your music journey and your background.
0: Yeah. Also that's Chrissy, that's so interesting to hear that sort of like nomadic musical lifestyle um, really got me thinking about things, but uh, (laughs) (laughs) I I, um, also kind of started just kind of like going to a jazz jam session in DC, which is essentially an open mic too um, for any viewers that aren't familiar, but I think I I just graduated from college. I went to school in Indiana, Indiana University and I just finished a jazz guitar degree and I came back to, to um, DC and I had an older friend about seven or eight years older and he said, well, you know, you should come to this session with me and I was a little bit nervous and I ended up going and I met another saxophone player that night who was, you know, really well, well respected on the scene and he said, hey, you know, I have a gig on Saturday and you know, feel free to come, come through and no details about money or anything, but he (laughs) just said, um, and I said, okay, you know, so I started playing with him on Saturdays basically for free Mm -hmm. for like probably like months. And he would maybe at the end of the night be like, Hey, here's some, here's some tips, you know, but it was kind of like some sort of unspoken street internship, um, it was on U street. Megan, you might be familiar, but, um, yeah, I was playing there for months and I, that's where I like really feel like I learned, um, how to be a band leader just by watching him. And, um, eventually I think the bar closed and the gig was a wrap, but it was. Oh a- no. Experience. <laughs> yeah.
1: I think it's very similar in the music industry from, a performer's perspective as well as a photographer's perspective, because a lot of it starts out unpaid. Mm-hmm. Um, and I find myself as I was entering the concert photography industry, um, I was actually losing money because at times I'm paying, you know, mm-hmm. at the door, I'm paying the ticket fee to get in just to take pictures. But all that to say, I think it's worth it because those unpaid gigs at the beginning set the foundation for many, many paid opportunities in the future. You put in the the work in the front end and can reap the benefits and the rewards further down the line. So I, I think that's awesome. Um, we talked a little bit in our episode yesterday about the Melrose Trading Post, more about the philanthropic background, um, about Fairfax High School and just how they've been around. It sounds like for over 25 years now, which is absolutely incredible. I would love to hear from each of you how you create meaningful connections through your work with that organization?
3: How do I create meaningful connections through my work at Models Trading Post? Um, I sing a lot of old jazz tunes um, from the swing era. Um, Sometimes I'll add some new tunes like uh, Tuyo by Rodrigo Amarente. Um, I don't know if you've seen the show, "Mark Narcos. Freaking love that show. Anyway, (laughs) so I'm obsessed with that song, but I love romantic music Mm -hmm. and I feel like like old jazz time songs they're very nostalgic they're timeless thoughtful super heartfelt um very relatable music yeah. um, and I, I think i think a lot of us most of us crave for like that romance every now oh and absolutely romance in their life and to feel like they're in a different era or in a different country or just somewhere else so
1: that's amazing how about you megan
2: okay i thought was gonna go but um yeah, for me, kind of similar um, to what you said, uh, I was just thinking about, like, any gig that I go to, I kind of think about, like, maybe who will be there and, like, maybe – because I do a mixture – Actually, I don't think I've explained that, but I've done a, I do a mixture of music, so – or different styles of music. So I was just thinking about, like, what would connect with the audience there. Sometimes yeah. I actually go into a gig, and I'm like I, – I literally start with certain songs in mind that I know, then I'm like, oh, you know, I could just switch to these songs. So I, I think I take yeah. a – just take a hint of, like what the crowd is like feeling. So sure. I mean I do, I start out with like oldies or goodies, you know, like some doo wop songs and then I see people, okay, they're feeling that so I'll just keep going with that. Um just to disconnect with people and if they're clapping along, they're feeling good. Sometimes if it's like a rainy day, like it, was, it wasn't you know rainy, but it was just like a little cloudy. It's like let me try to do some upbeat songs to so yeah. make people hear about this, you know, sad day that's going on. So yeah. just trying to like just play to what people might be wanting Incredible. to Yeah.
1: And having that ability to be quick on your feet and adapt to your audience, I think that's a life skill that will take you far in any industry. Understanding what resonates with them and being able to pivot quick like that is amazing. So kudos to you.
0: Yeah, I think it's a similar thing for me. It's um, I think the first time I I was on the gig, I just kind of created a set list of songs that I liked um, and curated things that really resonated with me. And but I also like was like, oh, but maybe I should make some things that are a little more um, standard repertoire. So, you know, throwing in like, you know, a Bill Withers tune, which is also my favorite music, but like something that people would know. And um, I was really surprised, you know, when I first started playing there, I was playing songs from artists that were kind of like deep cuts to me, like. I don't know if you guys know, like, Mac Ayers. Even some, like, old, old, like, John Mayer songs that are, like, not his popular. Mm -hmm. Well, not, like, his... Mm -hmm. I wasn't playing Your Body is a Wonderland. (laughs) You know?
3: I not that song himself either, probably. I think he was over it.
0: Yeah, well, great song. But, you know, I I was like, oh, man, people, like, really know the music and they're really vibing with kind of anything that I will give out um, because people are so welcoming and, and hip and cool at the the, you know, so it's, it's, it's always a great space.
1: Yeah. I love that. I would love to know next who your dream musician is to collaborate or work with and
0: why I'll pick up where I left off. Yeah. I would say say John Mayer.
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Although it would be kind of like, I just, I know him, um, not personally, maybe one day, maybe one manifest that, but
1: yes, I believe that for you,
0: (laughs) but he, he really is a big hero and inspiration for me. Um, but he's such a, he's such a like artist and like composer. And I, I feel like things that he does, have such a great stamp on his like collective legacy of music
1: absolutely
0: or it would feel crazy to maybe to be like oh i get to be a part of this are you sure a lot of the time when i feel like he curates his records it's like i know what you want that's that's how i feel like he's kind of speaking to his audience he's like i think i know what you might want um and and he he has this like sensibility that he knows better than his audience yeah and then he gives it to them and we're like, yeah, you were right. You know, but overall, I would say he's he's definitely like my my like number one, like that would be a dream come true for me. So, well,
1: 2023 is the year. I believe it. You spoke it into existence.
0: Let's go. He's, he's, John- he's
1: probably going to listen to the episode. Who knows? <laughs>
0: yeah, this bro. hit my line. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Park? Yeah, that question is like, man, there's so many I'm thinking of it I'm like, If I had to choose one. I had to just go I had to go back, like just who I can really just learn from, like old school. I had I just I thought Stevie wonder. I'm like, no, mm. just so I'm like collaborating, I'm like, would I be, you know, on his on par with <laughs> I think I'd just be chilling in the background, just kinda watching him do his thing or just trying to learn, but like, can I jump in? Can I sing? I just like I just feel like, oh just like I just wouldn't, you know. Good enough, I don't know, but I just like I just wanna be able to just sit there and learn and just be like, pretty much like at his feet, just like so yeah. oh yeah, my songwriting, my compositions. That would just be so cool.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. An icon.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, I think those are two really great options. I feel like those two are definitely up there for me too. John Mayer and Stevie Wonder, hands down, hands down. I think I can't think of anybody else right now at the moment. I feel like I've been so, um, I've been spreading my, I've been dabbling in all styles of music that's kind of hard to choose. Like I'm Mm. I'm so confused and conflicted. But (laughs) uh, I'd say currently, realistically, I would love to finish some original songs I've been writing with my boyfriend. (laughs) Um, But he's been a very busy
1: person. So yeah. Yeah. This is the year you're going to release them. Yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm ready. <laughs> I would love to know next, what keeps each of you inspired these days? What's motivating
2: you? It's like, this sounds sad, but I just, <laughs> I just think like, you know, life is challenging. I just think about the challenges of life like that. It's just yeah. like, even though it's like not, you know, happy necessarily, but it, it inspired me to just write because I just need another like outlet. Because um, I think when things are going well, like it's just like oh, I just don't think about like what I need to work on or just yeah. But when I'm when things are hard, it, ch- it, it or challenging, it pushes you to to do more, think more deeply about things. So I know it's be- definitely been challenging just being out here in LA. Just everything's just different. Um, yeah, for sure. You know, living and just different people. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> just in different environments. So just current, like, you know, just current challenges, just like, man, I need to just sit down and write and like reflect and get these flush out, like thoughts or whatever stresses and yeah. you know, just great for that. So.
1: That's the beautiful thing about music is it heals. Mm-hmm. It's an outlet. It's a creative way to reflect and, and inspire yourself.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's so real. I mean, um, just, just like using the hardships of life not necessarily um as a muse but well perhaps as a muse but for me it's like i feel like when the rent is due and i know i gotta play or write or produce because the rent is like needing to be paid yeah i kind of kicks it into a new year you know absolutely when- not it's like i don't have time to be shy and i don't have time to be afraid of what people might think because i eat and i want to and i want to go thrifting i want to
1: buy
0: (laughs) (laughs) so i feel like that's that's really real you know because um not to throw any shade by any means but i feel like sometimes i feel like when i was um at one point I was, I was teaching a lot of music lessons, um, when I was in DC and I, that was kind of the only thing I relied on for my income, you know, and I got, I got kind of got like really safe and stagnant in the because I was like, Oh, well, you know, I'm about to do a gig. I'm about to do a session, but like really I, it all comes from lessons for me. But when I got to a place where I was like, I'm like splitting everything, and I'm like, Oh, well, I can't just teach especially with this LA rent, I got to do so many things. So I noticed like myself, I was working harder, Yeah. but I was working. So that's definitely a big inspiration for me too.
3: Yeah. I feel like my inspiration is each day is changing. Mm. I mean, I feel like, I feel like I'm just go, go, go. Like there's always something I got to do, whether it's teaching, like, you know, I have a gig or like maybe I need to try to try to spend some time with my family and friends or do something that it's it's hard to find that space to just be it, like in yes. my space and think. So whenever I get a chance for that, um, you know, I try to think about what inspires me i haven't been able to think about it as much lately but i think i would say my students definitely inspire me with the interest like the musical interests that they have sometimes they introduce me to new things that i would have never discovered on my Mm -hmm. own um and then also i started working at um i started working at disneyland um in october performing there and the guys who uh there they play jazz music but they have to put on like a whole act and be in character and wear like goofy outfits so yeah I, like it, that inspires me like I love listening to my friends play swing music live like it's goofy but I love it and like the music is really sweet um, it just makes me feel good to hear and see them have a great time together and I think that's what really inspires me is the connection between um, everybody.
1: That is so cool. I think that's amazing. Yeah. Is it it's like the I think they call them the the Dapper dance, right? The little quartet. Yeah,
3: called you. I'm still new, so I I'm I I'm still learning all the lingos, all the terms.
1: <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. That's wonderful. Well, my last question before we all wrap up for this uh, for this episode, I would love to know. How you each stand out from the crowd in this industry, what sets you and your music apart? Well,
3: I guess one maybe obvious one is that I'm a woman who sings and has spent um, years studying gypsy jazz music Mm -hmm. um, Music from the early and mid-1900s. I find that there aren't a lot of women um, playing instruments in the scene. Um, It's growing more these days, but it definitely was not easy to learn the style. Um, For sure. The learning curve there um but also i i don't really care about fame and becoming the best i sure like that'd be great you know if i was the best and that you know if i got the fame like i would welcome it um, but i i guess i feel like a lot of like musicians feel this way is that you know i i really care about expressing myself and and growing as a person and a musician and and just playing good music and having deep meaningful relationships and getting paid doing it and that's really what I care. I like I don't mind being in the background and just you know I just want to do what I want to do. Yeah. Um, and I've you know I've always been uh, and forever will be a student of music.
1: Yes. Um,
3: you know I I am not sure how like what your upbringing, all of your upbringings were like. Um, whether like you had siblings um, or whatever, but. Um, I am the youngest of four children, and my parents were born in the, they grew up with 60s, 70s music, and then my siblings grew up with like 80s, 90s music, and then I grew up with 90s and 2000s music, so being the youngest and being exposed to all of these songs, and and then personally studying early 1900s music, and my boyfriend being into metal music and fusion, I feel like my world is just music i just like i can't really box myself
1: in anywhere so yeah so well said
2: Yeah, i think it's similar yeah for me as well i think i was trying to think like how to answer the question because i was thinking about how other people may see me so i think like back in dc i think you know um there's like some different like girl bands like even just like as a you know a a woman playing guitar or just maybe like the style of music that i do i was like singing in like brazilian like portuguese like for some songs they're like it just kind of stood out it seemed a little different from people like they like, they weren't expecting that yeah so, um so i think that and then maybe sometimes some songs some songs too i do like to incorporate like some faith in it like you know yeah so i think people don't maybe expect that depending on like the venue i go to so those are a couple of things i think that are different from maybe what's out there yeah um, I mean, i'm just definitely open to trying new things doing any different style like i just love a lot of different styles too yes um, i love that i even love country music i love i just love you yeah, i love everything um, you
1: have to be well-rounded you have to be open keeping an open mind and i love kind of what you both said about being open-minded and constantly being a student we talked about this yesterday we talked about this last week it's kind of been a recurring theme on the podcast not becoming stagnant in your craft and continuing to be a student, continuing to expand your skill set, your knowledge, um, teaching other people. um, It sounds like you you all are are interested in that as well. And I think that speaks volumes to who you are as musicians, because if you continue learning and you never stop growing, that's how you will see long-term success is by always being a student.
0: Yeah, I I totally think that being a student i even tell my students i'm like the teacher is always a student yes because i need to learn new content to teach you
1: yep <laughs>
0: <laughs> but um yeah i guess that's like that's like a really crazy question i have to think about that you know what sets me apart um because i feel like so much of what what i do is is derivative yeah you know it, i i listen to my favorite artists and i say Man, that's cool. I want to be cool too. So then I try to do <laughs> it's like, oh man, am I really anything unique? But I think for me it's one of one of the big reasons why I moved to LA from DC was because I really wanted to be in a community of artists. That was like a big reason for me because um where I was at, you know, especially like in Virginia, um there wasn't a whole lot of people working in music. It was mostly people doing like government contracting or consulting things that are sort of more like nine to five. And yeah, I just wanted to like really be a part of like a young team of artists who are just really trying to get it. And um, that was my goal when I first moved here and just being here, just reconnecting with a lot of my college friends that I like went to school with and like just even even people from my high school or like that are all just here doing it and just creating a scene and like us like doing shows together like me and my friends just played a show at Gold Diggers last week and it was just amazing because it was just a collective of like four or five artists really like doing our own stuff like none of us are on a label we don't have like really any industry backing we're just all like we're just trying to do it yeah and like when we're together um like when you hear our music you're like yeah this kind of sounds like some like it's not really like easy to put a finger on exactly what it is so i feel like what makes me the most unique and different is just being part of a scene Mm -hmm. in la yeah and uh collaborating and making work with those artists um and real quick i'll just shout out uh, my artist's name is is manic um which is my korean name keenam backwards so it's like manic with a k at the end um a lot of times some sometimes people refer to me as manic and or they'll introduce me and be like oh yeah like you got to hear my my homie my producer manic he's crazy and they go oh his his name sounds really insane and they get (laughs) a crazy person I'm like oh no it's just my Korean name flipped I'm, that's I'm so cool I'm polar at all um, as far as well. but yes Manic is my name and then I got a homie named Breeze BRZ who's making some really great music um, a good friend of mine named Lane L-E-I-N um, and also another artist that I work with named Gabby Mills so I feel like just being part of that scene is the most interesting and mm-hmm. uh inspiring thing for me
1: i love that right on well thank you all so much for your time today this was such a fun conversation and i am just thrilled to see what 2023 has in store for each of you with the melrose trading post and on your own independent music journeys as well thanks for having me yes thanks everyone